You can save every day by shopping at Whole Foods Market. Seriously, don't just go for the big sales. They have literally thousands of low-priced goods with their house brand, 365 by Whole Foods Market, while at happy prices, limited-time seasonal flavors, and all the quality you expect, like no high-fructose corn syrup or over 300 other ingredients banned from all the food they sell. There's so many ways to save at Whole Foods Market. Now you know. Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big, juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. Hello, friends, and welcome back to the Money Girl podcast. My name is Laura Adams. I'm a personal finance expert and award-winning author who's been writing and hosting this show since 2008. If you are ready for more knowledge, resources, and motivation to manage your money the best way possible and create a richer life, you are definitely in the right place. I'm very glad to have you with me. If you're a longtime listener, you know that each show is really like a little training that I do on a topic, and we cover a wide variety of things, maybe credit, debt, investing, real estate, business, taxes, insurance, money management, and a lot more. And if you're a new listener, I am so glad that you have found the show and hope you'll stick around by subscribing. You will always find the notes for each show, plus the full archive of podcasts in the Money Girl section at quickanddirtytips.com. Before we get into today's topic, I want to follow up on last week's show about the Equifax data breach settlement. There was a lot that happened right after the show dropped. The Federal Trade Commission had so many claims, they were just overwhelmed, that they came out and said, you're probably not going to get the benefit that you are seeking. So, What I want to reiterate is that the exact amount that the Equifax settlement is going to pay out is still undetermined, and there are different buckets of money that are allocated toward different types of claims. So if you are somebody who is making a claim for lost expenses, so out-of-pocket expenses or actually, you know, expenses dealing with identity theft, you know, very expensive things, you still want to file those claims. That is a separate uh, allocation of funds. Even if you have time invested in dealing with the breach, you definitely want to make those claims. But the fund that is allocated for credit monitoring or that $125 cash benefit as an alternative to credit monitoring if you already have it, that fund has been exceeded by all of the claims that have rolled in. So maybe it's a bunch of you who are listening to the show that went in and and really kind of jacked up the claims, and that's great. And Equifax has agreed to kick in extra money into this fund for a total possible settlement payout of $700 million. So You know, again, if you are claiming that $125 cash payout, and let's say you changed your mind, you say, well, you know, maybe there's not going to be that full amount. Maybe, you know, if I could only get 20 bucks out of it, I would prefer to have credit monitoring. 
you still can change your mind. So you will get notified if you already filed for that $125 in cash, you will be notified. You will have the opportunity to change your mind and say, you know what, I'm just going to play it safe and opt for the credit monitoring instead, because that value could well exceed $125. Plus, it also includes a million dollars of insurance for identity theft fraud. So that could definitely be a much more valuable benefit for you. So again, you're going to have the option to verify which one you want. And I think there'll be more coming out in the news about what the reality will be for those who want the cash payout. And, you know, if it's going to be something substantial, you may want to stick with it. But if it's not, I think going with credit monitoring might be the best way to go. So stay tuned for that. I'll give you more information as I know what happens with that settlement. But there was a lot of interest and obviously a lot of people affected who are looking for their payout. So, you know, don't back down. Definitely get your claim in there and uh, we'll see what happens. All right. So this week, we're going to be talking about what happens when you don't have a steady paycheck. Being a nine-to-five employee definitely gives you some stability in your financial life. You know, when you know exactly how much income you'll have in the bank every month, it makes it a lot easier to budget, to save, and to have a smooth financial life. So what do you do if you don't have a regular job or your position comes with some unpredictable income? There are many people who are self-employed like me or who work on commission and they have no clue how much they're going to earn from month to month. For instance, solopreneurs and small business owners may not know exactly how much revenue that they're going to bill or the total amount of receivables that they'll be able to collect each month. Salespeople, you know, you might have a roller coaster commission schedule that just fluctuates wildly from month to month or quarter to quarter. No matter why, you may be dealing with uncertain income. What I want you to get out of this show is that it is possible to create a money system that works. So in this podcast, I'm going to give you some strategies and six steps to budget and manage money the best way possible when you've got variable, irregular, or unpredictable income. So no matter why you might feel that your income is unpredictable, if it's something that you want to work through and and have some better strategies to deal with, this show will help you. This is episode number 602 called Six Steps to Budget with Variable, Irregular, or Unpredictable Income. All right, so let's get into the six steps to deal with variable income. The first one is have a vision for your financial future. No matter what you call your money system, you may call it a budget. I like to call it a spending plan because I think that sounds a little bit better and and more uh, amenable than a budget. But no matter what you call it, your money system has got to be based on what you want to achieve with your money. Your income obviously allows you to pay your living expenses, but you can't forget that it's also got to fund your dreams. It's got to fund your long-term wishes for your life, your desires, and create financial security for your future as well. So if you're not working on that at the same time, you are really going to be shortchanging yourself. No matter if you want to retire a multimillionaire, buy a beach house, or be debt-free before a certain birthday, you've got to incorporate that goal into your money system. I'm going to tell you, time passes quickly. I mean, if you are not making steady progress towards your goals, 
you're going to wake up one day and realize that they have not happened. I mean, they're just not going to happen by magic. You have got to incorporate those goals into your money plan. And even if you've got unpredictable or variable income, that's no excuse. You can't say, well, I'm just not sure what my income is from month to month, so I can't plan, I can't save. That is nonsense. I'm going to tell you exactly how you can smooth out your money system and make sure that those goals, those dreams that you have are going to happen. Now, I have created a tool that may help you if you would like to get it for free. It's my financial planning workbook. This is a PDF that is going to prompt you with some really important questions. And I would encourage you to download it for free, set aside 30 minutes to complete it, If you want to get this, you can download it right now by texting Money Plan, M O N E Y P L A N, with no space, to the number 33444. If you've got a spouse or a partner who shares your financial life or your goals, this is a great tool to review together. This is going to prompt you to ask important questions and you can jot down the answers or just discuss them if you go on a money date or you, you know, go out and do something with your significant other in a, in a good, quiet environment. Uh, you can sit down and thoughtfully complete the questions together. Uh, so I think that's a great way to figure out what are what is your vision? You know, what is your vision as a person? What is your vision as a couple as well? And if you're somebody who says, well, Laura, I just don't know what my financial vision is. I don't have one or I'm not sure what it should be. I'll give you some ideas to get started. And and these are things that you've heard me say over and over if you've been listening to the show for a while. I would encourage you to have a goal to maintain a minimum of $1,000 in an emergency fund. And if you've already got that much, fantastic. You know, increase that amount, maybe make it double or triple. Uh, Another goal would be to contribute enough to a workplace retirement account to max out any matching funds that you may get for free from your employer. I would encourage you to make a goal to save at least 10% of your income for retirement and ideally even 15%. Another goal might be just to max out an IRA every year. For 2019, that uh, maximum amount is $6,000, so that would be a great goal to get started with. Another goal would be to open and max out an HSA or health savings account if you are eligible and you have a qualified health plan. And lastly, maybe it's just to work on your debt to pay off a high interest debt over a certain period of time. And speaking of the time, if you add dates for when you want to achieve each of these goals, it will help you in your plan. It will guide your budget. For instance, let's say you want to have at least $1,000 in an emergency savings fund within the next year. You could save $85 per month. So, you know, allocating a one-twelfth of that goal over a year would give you a total of $1,020 at the end of those 12 months. Or maxing out an IRA for 2019 means contributing $6,000. Or if you had started at the beginning of the year, it would be $500 per month. So kind of backing into your goal over time makes it a lot more, I think, you know, easier, definitely easier on the budget. It's also easier mentally to get your brain around smaller numbers than larger ones. So when you don't have a steady income, I want to make sure you understand that reaching financial goals is more challenging. I'm not going to tell you that it isn't challenging, but it's not impossible. So Keep listening for step-by-step advice to create a money system that makes it easier to pay your bills and fund your goals. So again, the first step is to have a vision for your future. 
The second step is know your spending baseline. So before you can create a budget with variable income, you need to know your spending baseline. So what is that? Your baseline is the minimum amount of living expenses that you've got to cover each and every month. Now, this is not everything that you spend money on, but this is the bare, bare essentials. So housing, utilities, food, insurance, transportation, debt payments. And you might jot these down on a piece of paper. You could enter them in a computer spreadsheet, or you might categorize them in a personal finance program, such as Quicken or Mint. Quicken is a program that I've used for decades and love it. Uh, And since some of these costs are not precisely the same every single month, you're going to need to estimate them. So, for instance, your groceries, you're not spending the exact same, you know, down to the penny amount of groceries every single month or even uh, your utility bills or even your minimum credit card payments. These could vary. So if you have several months of spending data to go back and review, that will make it easy to calculate a monthly average and also to see all of your recurring expenses. And if you have expenses that you pay quarterly or semi-annually, maybe auto insurance or a gym membership, something like that, again, break it down into monthly amounts. Even though reviewing your essential expenses is how you figure your budget baseline, it's also a great way to know where you may be overspending and where you may need to cut back. So reconsider what is truly a necessity and what you can live without. So again, your spending baseline is meant to be pure living expenses that, you know, even in an emergency, you would still need to pay them. You would still need to pay your rent. You would still need to pay your utilities. You would still need to to drive to work. For instance, expensive dining out, that's not a necessity, but buying affordable groceries is a necessity. Spending money on hobbies, that's not a necessity, but paying your rent is a necessity. You get the idea. So your baseline is what you need to survive, not to be comfortable. And figuring that amount is the first step to creating a budget and a financial plan when you've got unpredictable income. We could try to explain what it feels like to get your work done on a John Deere. The way a Z-Track mower finishes in half the time you thought it would. Or how much easier it is to move mountains of soil with a 1 Series tractor. We could even go into detail about how it feels to tow up to 4,000 pounds behind a Gator XUV. But if you really want to know what it's like to run with us, you just have to get in the seat. Learn more at johndeere.com slash get in the seat or visit a dealer near you. Money Girl is sponsored by Claritin. If you're like me, the spring is pretty rough on allergies. Sometimes you just don't even want to go outside. But luckily for those that live with the symptoms of allergies, you can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. It's designed for serious allergy sufferers. Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in one pill that relieve your symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. It's a double-action combination of prescription-strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available. It relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy, watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, sinus congestion, and pressure with ease. Claritin D starts working fast, like as little as 30 minutes, and it's non-drowsy relief, so you still make the most of the day. If you're ready to live life as if you don't have allergies, it's time to live Claritin clear. 
Fast and Powerful Relief is just a quick trip away. You can find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. You want to ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Imagine earning a degree that prepares you with real skills for the real world. Capella University's programs teach skills relevant to your career so you can apply what you learn right away. Learn how Capella can make a difference in your life at capella.edu. All right, the third step is adding your financial goals. Once you know the minimum amount of income that you need to cover your essential bills, the next step is to add in your financial dreams. While these aren't necessary for short-term survival, they are critical for your long-term security and happiness. So you can't forget about them. You've got to add them in. When you don't have a steady income, it's actually even more critical to allocate monthly amounts to your goals. Like I mentioned, building an emergency fund, saving for retirement, or even taking a vacation. It's really easy to fritter away any extra money that you may have and just never get ahead financially. So sticking to positive financial habits, even when you don't have much to spend, and even when you have variable, unpredictable income, that's gonna move the needle on your progress. If you wait until you have a windfall before you begin saving for the future, when the future arrives, you're going to be unprepared. So don't let your future self be broke and unhappy. This has got to be important even when you have unpredictable income. So add at least one of your monthly financial goals to your paper or your spreadsheet plan. If you're using a personal finance app or software, a lot of them have a budgeting feature that's built in that allows you to allocate spending limits to different categories. So just add in the category for your goal, and maybe it's emergency fund and retirement, or maybe it's just an emergency fund right now. Your living expenses plus the cost to fund reasonable goals. And you may not be able to achieve all of your goals at once, but I would encourage you to put down at least one of them. That is the actual amount that you need to cover each month. And at a minimum, I would recommend saving 5% of your estimated income for emergencies and investing an additional 10% for retirement. So consider these saving amounts as expenses that you owe yourself every single month. And if you're self-employed, don't forget to add those taxes into your baseline expenses. In general, you've got to pay estimated quarterly taxes throughout the year. And if you're not sure how much you'll earn, you can estimate based on what you made last year. And a good rule of thumb is to set aside 25 to 30 percent of your self-employment income for taxes. And if you're not sure what to do about that, I would encourage you to speak with a CPA, uh, have a consultation with a tax accountant to find out what you should be setting aside for taxes. Okay, the fourth step is to identify your discretionary expenses. Once you've identified all your baseline living expenses, including your goals and any self-employment taxes that you may have, everything else that you spend money on is a discretionary expense. And I know it may feel like you can't live without cable TV or dining out, but these are not critical for your short or long-term survival. If you're struggling to save money or pay off credit cards 
One solution is to reduce or eliminate a variety of discretionary expenses. And don't get me wrong, reducing substantial baseline costs, such as your housing or vehicles, that's definitely worthwhile. But for a lot of people, cutting those may be more difficult than reducing your discretionary expenses. Remember that you can't change what you don't measure. So the idea with this plan is not to, you know, wallow in what's going wrong with your financial and get upset about it, but you want to use the data and the information that you gather to make positive changes. This is how you get your financial life on track, whether your paycheck is consistent or not. So making sure you understand what are your discretionary expenses, what are, get a handle on how much you're spending on, on uh, things that are not necessities. All right, the fifth step is to create an ultra-conservative budget. Now that you've gone through and you've done a review of your expenses, you want to turn your attention to your earnings. So go back to the previous year and identify the three months with your lowest earnings and take the average. For example, let's say your lowest three months of income gave you $3,000 one month, $4,000 the next month, and $5,000. If those were your three lowest months of income, Add them up and divide by three months for an average of $4,000. Now, if your total expenses, if your living expenses and your discretionary expenses exceed that amount, it is time to radically cut your living expenses, cut your discretionary expenses, or cut a combination of both. It is your job to make sure that you create a solid plan to never spend more than your low-end average income. Budgeting with the low end of a variable income does not guarantee that you won't earn less and have some challenging months in the future, but it does reduce the likelihood that you'll come up short and not be able to pay your bills. And when you make more than your low range, you're going to have a financial cushion. And I'll tell you more about how to handle that in the next step. So again, after you have created a vision for your future, you have identified your spending baseline, you have added in your financial goals, you have identified your discretionary spending, and you have looked at your ultra-conservative budget by looking at the low end of your earning range, the last, and this is probably the most important step in this money plan, number six, is set up a holding account. This is the secret weapon to manage money wisely and stick to a budget when you have variable income. You've got to use a separate holding account. This is an account where all your income should go until you transfer it to another account. So think of it like a secondary checking account that you're going to link to other accounts. So you'll link it to your primary checking, maybe to a savings, maybe to a retirement account, maybe to a health savings account. The way to smooth out your finances when you have irregular income is to pay yourself a set amount regularly from your holding account. So you might choose to transfer one payment to yourself on the first of the month, or maybe half on the first and half on the 15th of the month. The key is to transfer no more than your low end average income 
into your primary checking account. Now, from there, you're going to pay all your expenses, including your savings goals, according to the budget that you designed. So using my previous income example, let's say you make $5,000 and you put it into your holding account. You would only transfer $4,000 into your primary checking account because that's your low-end income that you calculated. So the leftover $1,000 would stay in the holding account as a cushion that you never tap unless your income dips below $4,000. So again, every month you're pulling the same amount out of that holding account. And after a while, if your income is exceeding that low-end average, you're going to build up some money in there. So the, the idea is to make a goal to build up at least two months of your high-end average income as a reserve. So let's say if the average of your highest earning months from the previous year is, let's say, 6000 I recommend that you be vigilant about slowly building up your holding account to $12,000. Doubling your high-end earnings in that holding account is going to give you lots of cushion. You're going to be able to pay yourself a consistent amount every month instead of struggling with variable income. You allow the good months to give you a cushion so that they balance out the bad months. Plus, you're going to slowly accumulate a very nice surplus over time. Will this be easy to pull off? Probably not. You're going to need to tweak your spending until the amount you pay yourself covers your living expenses, your savings goals, and your discretionary spending. And, you know, if you're struggling with building up cash in your holding account, you may need to get a second job. You may need to do some seasonal work until you get ahead financially. Bottom line here is don't fall back on bad habits. Don't fall back on racking up credit cards while you get your money system in place. If you follow the steps that I've outlined, you can continue chipping away at debt as you go. So the trick here is to open up that holding account, figure out a low-end amount to pay yourself every single month, and be sure that you are really thoughtful and conscious about the expenses that you have. Cutting back your discretionary expenses is probably going to be the key that allows you to live on the low-end income range that you establish. No matter what goals and dreams you set your sights on, Getting tough with yourself can be as easy as creating a consistent money system like what I'm describing here. Focus on doing the most important things first and sticking to good habits no matter how small the accomplishment is. Any sacrifices that you need to make will be worth it in the end when you take control of your cash flow, you build wealth, and you turn your financial goals into reality. All right, one last time. Number one, have a vision. Number two, know your spending baseline. Number three, add your financial goals. Number four, identify discretionary expenses. Number five, create an ultra-conservative budget based on your low end of earnings. And number six, set up a holding account that allows you to pay yourself a consistent amount each month. I hope this will help you get a handle on variable and unpredictable income. It, It really can be challenging, but if you follow the system here, I think it will be a really great tool that you can use to your advantage. If you have a money question or an idea for a future show topic, I would love to hear it. We have a great voicemail line, so if you'd like to call in your question or comment, ring 302 
364-0308 to leave your message. I've gotten a lot of great voicemails from you lately, so thanks so much for those. And I'll be doing several shows coming up that will feature those voicemail messages. Be sure to join me next week when I'll be covering what you should know about taking a loan from your 401k. We're going to cover the pros and the cons and feature a question from a voicemail caller who was kind enough to uh, send this one in. Be sure to subscribe to the Money Girl podcast so you're notified when each new episode is available. And before we go, one more thing. If you'd like to get a weekly update from me, please visit lauradadams.com or text the phrase get updates with no space to the number 33444. It's a short email filled with tips, tools, and resources that I think you might enjoy. And if you're not into email, another great way to stay in touch is to follow me on Instagram at Laura D. Adams or join my private Facebook group called Dominate Your Dollars. Just search for it on Facebook or text dollars, D-O-L-L-A-R-S, to the number 33444. Money Girl is produced by the audio wizard Steve Rickyberg with editorial support from Karen Hertzberg. If you've been enjoying the podcast, everyone at Quick and Dirty Tips would love it if you would take a moment to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. That's a really easy, quick, free way to give back, show your support, and help new listeners find us. You might also like the backlist episodes and show notes available at quickanddirtytips.com. That's all for now. I'll talk to you next week. Until then, here's to living a richer life. There are two things that are absolutely true. Grandma loves you, and she would never say no to McDonald's. So treat yourself to a Grandma McFlurry with your order today. It's what Grandma would want. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. At participating McDonald's for a limited time. Earning your degree online doesn't mean you have to go about it alone. At Capella University, we're here to support you when you're ready. From enrollment counselors who get to know you and your goals to academic coaches who can help you form a plan to stay on track. We care about your success and are dedicated to helping you pursue your goals. Going back to school is a big step, but having support at every step of your academic journey can make a big difference. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.